You want to reach consumers through a robust email marketing program, but how to build it and make it work for you. Well, hang on. Becky Goplin is going to help you out in this episode of Marketing Mouths, starting right now. Work, 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 work. It's a rule around here. Work hard, play hard. I have eight different bosses right now. A big pun? Eight bosses. Eight? Eight, Bob. What I work late, you work late. But I made the appointment two months ago. I'm here. Fresh off the lips of health marketing experts, this is Marketing Mouths. And now, here's Bill Klaproth. Taking what they're giving because I'm working for a living. Mm-hmm, that's right. Welcome to the Marketing Mouse Podcast, episode number nine. Many marketing professionals at hospitals are overworked and understaffed, and in the fast-paced, hyper-competitive world of hospital marketing, it can be hard to keep up. So our mission is to bring you marketing, PR, and social media experts, IT pros, and other guests with information and insights to help you stay on top of your game. With me today is Becky Goplin, Marketing Manager at Tea Leaves Health. Becky demonstrates her stellar wordsmithing capabilities and marketing prowess as she executes internal and external webinars, blogs, collateral, social media, and other various thought leadership content. And today we're going to talk about email marketing. Becky, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. But before we dig in, can you fill in the blanks on your career and let us in on your personal life? What's fun for you in your off time? Well, absolutely, Bill. Thank you so much for having me today. You did a pretty good job summing all of that up. I can fill in the blanks by saying I have been in the healthcare marketing industry now for over eight years, working in various roles, um, mostly, though, um, in healthcare CRM. And I am also, when I'm not busy with my full-time job, I am also the president of the Wisconsin Healthcare and Marketing Public Relations Society, WHPRMS. And on my off days when I'm not working, I am spending time with my husband and our three-year-old son, Abel. And we are usually busily hanging out with friends and family, traveling, and um, spending a lot of time at either movies or concerts. I would say live shows are probably my favorite thing to do outside of the office. Love it. Love it. Becky, thank you for filling in the blanks there. We appreciate it. And thank you for spending time with us today. So let's jump into email marketing. Why is it important for someone to utilize email marketing as part of their marketing strategy? Well, first off, I would say the most important thing is really to just meet your patients and your prospective patients where they are. So we all know that email is a formidable channel. We're all consumers. We all receive promotional emails every day, right? Email is an accessible channel. It's cost-effective. It's easy to digest. And it comes directly to where your audience is every day on their cell phones. You know, Exact Target says 91% of consumers check their email every single day. And according to customer intelligence, 58% of adults check their email first thing in the morning. That's the first thing they do before they even get out of bed. And then finally, Marketing Sherpa says out of a nationally representative sample of U.S. consumers that they surveyed, that 60% that they prefer to receive regular updates and promotions from companies that they're interested in doing business with via email. Um, Exact Target actually puts that number as higher. They claim that 77% of consumers prefer to receive permission-based marketing communications through email. 
Yeah, I love that. Meet your patients Absolutely. where they are. And let's, let's get this right out in the open. Email marketing is not dead. You hear some people, oh, that's not old technology. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. No. It's a great way to reach consumers. Absolutely. So saying sure. that, let's talk about a content direction. How do you choose what to put on your email? How do you choose the direction to go in when you do choose email marketing? Yeah, that's a really great question. So, you know, just like anything else, consumers are inundated every day by multiple messages hitting them multiple times a day. Um, you know, and the most important thing is creating content that is going to cut through some of that clutter. Because I don't know about you, but I probably get hundreds of emails a day. So when that email comes into my inbox, I want to make sure that the content that I'm sending out is going to grab somebody's attention. You know, you want it to be direct. You want it to be concise. But most importantly, you want it to be relevant to your recipient. So your content should really be developed based on the audience that's going to receive it. I'll give you a healthcare example. So if you're promoting mammograms, you probably don't want to send your emails to men, right? That's right. perhaps the most obvious example. But, you know, the beginning of the content development, development process should start with who you're talking to. Well, that makes sense. So I love how you said that content that cuts through clutter, content that is relevant. So that all makes sense. Mm -hmm. So once you know that, how do you start building that relevant content that cuts through the clutter? Mm -hmm. Another good question. So I would say the best approach would be to start with an editorial calendar and then perhaps like a workflow document, right? So you want to build your emails so they're so the messaging is relevant and so that they're eye-catching. And if you're talking about curating content for the emails, start with that editorial calendar and that workflow and think about the timing of your messaging, thinking about the season, think about the holidays, think about upcoming awareness month. For example, you know, if you're going to be running a heart campaign, then you might want to send that heart campaign out either during heart month or before heart month to get people thinking about that. And then um, you'll want to also create a workflow of not just what your first email message is going to be, but then the steps that are going to come next, right? So your email structure should really follow the actions or the inactions of the people who are receiving it. So you'll want to have several emails set up and a workflow set up based on if a person, for example, signs up to come and have an appointment at your organization, then your follow-up email should be thank you for following, you know, thank you for scheduling that appointment. Here's the information that you may need to attend that appointment. Here's the location of the clinic. Here's the doctor's name, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then also another thing that I suggest is keeping an eye on what's happening in the news in the healthcare industry. So then you can create content based around that, whether that be, you know, legislature changes or um, just changes within your own clinic, anything that's going to be out in the news that's going to be newsworthy, maybe something that you also want to include in that you know, email schedule. Mm -hmm. Those are three easy-to-remember tips. So create a content calendar, number one. Two, pay attention mm -hmm. to workflows, the actions or inactions of people receiving your newsletter. And then number three, keep your eye on the news. So three easy to remember tips for how to build that great content. So speaking of building, I get this question a lot from our clients. How do we build a list? How do we get people to sign up? Tell us about that, Becky. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's like where you need to start. So 
you'll want to talk about starting an email generation campaign. And there are lots of different ways to gather email addresses. And health risk assessments are one really good example. You can create a health risk assessment on the landing page of your website and invite patients and prospective patients to fill that out. So not only will they be entering information about themselves that you'll be able to collect, you'll also be able to collect their email address in order to send those, them the results of that health risk assessment, right? So you'll be able to ask the questions about the people that you're interested in curating a list for and get not just their email addresses, but also some more demographic information that applies to them. Another really good way to collect email addresses is through classes and events. So if you're promoting a heart-healthy cooking class and you're inviting, you know, really anyone in your service area to that class, a great way to grab an email address is to say that they need to provide an email address in order to register for the class. And then you can also use those email addresses to retarget those, the individuals who attend the class after the fact with more information, such as, you know, health content or recipes, that kind of thing. So um, health content is another really good way to create, you know, to collect those email addresses. If you're putting health literacy content out on your website, then just make it so they need to provide an email address in order to get that content. You know, those are all just a few examples. There's so many different ways to do it. Um, But you also want to make sure that when you're sending out or collecting email addresses, that you have some language around, you know, the CAN-SPAM Act and the other new new email regulations. So it's very important to actually get those people to opt in to receive your email communications. You want them to check a box that says, yes, we do indeed want to receive email communications from XYZ Hospital because it's very important to stay within those regulations in order to you know, be successful in your deliverability. Great point. And even a double opt-in is even better. So more great mm-hmm. points, Becky. So right. collect emails through health risk assessment, classes and events, mm-hmm. and then other health content. And then, of course, the other ways, having yeah. easy sign-up forms all over your websites and newsletters as well. Yep. So what about integration with CRM? Yeah. Thoughts on that? Well, integrating your email with your CRM is probably the best way to target the right individuals and send them that relevant com- like content. So if you're able to collect email addresses and integrate those into your CRM database, then you can append those addresses with demographic information and then propensity models. So you can really start targeting at the individual level. And then that way you can get insights into your audience and personalize that content. And when I say personalize, I don't just mean first name personalization. I mean personalizing the content to tailor it directly to that individual's um, age, to their gender, to their ethnicity, um, and then even to the services that they may need based on their propensity scores. So that way you're hitting them with information that is related directly to what they want and what they need. And that's going to make it 10 times more, you know, clickable if you're receiving something that pertains directly to you. And then another great thing about integrating your email with your CRM is that you can coordinate all different various touch points of one campaign through that CRM. So you can plan a campaign and you can send out, for example, a direct mail piece first and then follow that up with an email because email serves as a really great second or third touch point, like a reminder to say, hey, we know we 
you may have received a piece about our flu shot campaign. And here's a reminder in your email, don't forget to get your flu shot. And then I would say finally, the third and probably the most important aspect of integrating your email into your CRM is the reporting aspect. You put those email addresses in, you send emails out to them, and then you can track the revenue generated and the downstream effect of those emails. That way you can see if they're truly adding value to your services, if they're truly converting people to patients. You know, you can see if they created an encounter and generated charges or revenue. And Direct Marketing Associates says that email generates an average of $40 to $8 spent. So the best way to track that ROI and that return on investment is integrating it into your CRM system, which gives you that ability to track those metrics. Mm-hmm. And that's so great to see as we're all looking for ROI. And you said earlier, you know, meet your patients mm-hmm. where they are. So integrating with that CRM yep. can help you do that, especially with that segmentation as well and the various touch points that you're talking about. And then, of course, the reporting and the analytics. So that is wonderful. So how often <laughs> then, Becky, should we be sending out emails? Well, I would say you should definitely be strategic about your frequency. And you should really base your frequency on your audience's responses or their lack thereof. So this is kind of where marketing automation comes into play. You know, if you have a marketing automation system that you're using, it's really important to plan out those campaigns in in a sequence. It will help you stay organized and make your emails more effective. Um, Of course, you want to leave your audience wanting more. So sending multiple emails in a sequence is better than perhaps waiting an entire month and going dark. You don't want to wait so long that the audience forgets about you. So I would recommend nurturing your email subscribers by outlining a sequence strategy that pertains to where those individuals are in their healthcare journey and what they might need and want, you know, at that stage and also what they might want next and then providing engaging and relative content based on where they are in that continuum of care. So for example, Let's use the example that you're trying to acquire new patients into your system and you send an email out to someone who you know might be new to the neighborhood and might be looking for a new healthcare home. So you send them an email that encourages them to make an appointment with their PCP. And it turns out that your message is, in fact, effective and they do make that appointment. And then you should have it set up in your system to automatically respond with the next touch point that says, thank you for scheduling your appointment. Here's everything you need to know to be ready followed by a secondary message to keep them activated. For instance, also, here's everything else our clinic has to offer. Perhaps it's a fitness center, or like we mentioned earlier, class, a class or an event. And then if they don't respond at all to your primary care message, you can wait a week and try a different message, perhaps one with information about your urgent care services and the hours and locations for that instead. So you don't want to send emails too frequently. Every day is a bit much, probably, um, or too infrequently either because you want to keep your brand top of mind. So no matter what, you should have a workflow of emails built into your email system or marketing automation system and have those programs to automatically go out at whatever specified length of time you determine um, and, and set them up so they respond based on that recipient's action or, in some cases, inaction. <laughs> right. Well, that's one of the benefits of email is is when you set up these sequences and automation, it's doing the work for you. Mm-hmm. While you're doing other things, it's in Absolutely. the background working away. So that's just another great benefit yep. of email. So you were talking mm-hmm. about systems before. What is a good system yeah. or an email marketing platform for a hospital or a healthcare clinic to use? Mm-hmm. 
And I'm not trying to put you on well, the spot and say, like, you're going to endorse anything. Just in general, <laughs> I, you know, there's so many of them out yep. there. Just give us some thoughts on, on if somebody's going, yes, I need yep. to start this, but I don't know where to go. Just some thoughts on, okay, look yeah. at these systems. These are used by various sure. hospitals, et cetera. Yep, exact target, stream set, MailChimp, Constant Contact, Pardot, and HubSpot are some of the ones that at least I've, un, you know, interacted with from a marketing standpoint. And given that experience, I would say that there really is not a silver bullet. Um, some are easier to use than others. Some are better than others at getting through spam filters and reaching email boxes, which in healthcare is even more of a challenge because there's such strong regulations around firewalls and what can come into the system. Obviously, anytime an organization is handling patient information, the security measures are way tighter, as they should be. So it can make it a lot harder for an email, well, for a healthcare system to receive emails or send emails based on those security measures. So. Um, I think it really all depends on what your goals are with your email campaigns. So, you know, you want to tie that platform into what goals you have and what results and metrics are going to be important to your department and your organization as a whole, because some platforms are better than others at reporting those metrics and results. So you really kind of have to determine what do we care about from a return standpoint, from a metric standpoint, and then select a platform that fits you know, bust into your strategy. Well, those are great thoughts as well. And that's kind of what I was looking for. So just pay attention to your goals, know what you're looking for. There are a bunch of them out there. They're easy to research and understand. So good thoughts on that. And before we get to the marketing mouse wheel of questions, which quite frankly is what people listen for on this podcast, um, <laughs> let me let me ask you one last question. So if you could just wrap it up for us, just give us the overview of email marketing. What else should we know about this marketing tactic? You know, I think going back to the fact that people are inundated, you know, you're going to be sending out emails and so is everybody else. You just want to make sure that your content is original and that you understand your audience really well so that you can serve up the content that they want and need. That's going to get you the results in the end that you're looking for. So true. And that is... uh exactly the way you should look at it, building that relevant content, that content that people are looking for, that they're interested in, that they want to know more about, building that content. If you do that, you're going to have a winner, that's for sure. Well, Becky, thank you. And thank now you. it's time for the Marketing Mouse Wheel of Questions. It's the game show marketers prefer two to one over the competition. All right, Becky, lean over, grab the wheel, and give it a spin. All right, here it goes. Okay, coming to a stop. And there it is. Oh, I love this question. Okay, Becky, if there was a movie based on your life, what actress would you want cast to play you? Sandra Bullock, hands down. Wow, you didn't have to think about that. I didn't, didn't have to think to. about it. <laughs> I have already thought about that question many times. <laughs> wow, I love it. All right, Sandra Bullock, you can't go yeah. wrong there. Yeah. All right, lean over and give the wheel another Please spin. Okay. All right, coming to a stop. Here it is. Okay, what lit your spark for marketing? What got you into this field? Well, that's a really good question. I think writing more than anything. When I first I've been writing, I guess, 
as long as I can remember. But when I first started going down the path of what I wanted, what do I want to do with my life? I knew that writing would be a part of it. And so I attended the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, and I actually declared my major in creative writing because I was like going to be the next Stephen King. And then I got into a couple of years of that and realized that, that I needed to find a job after school. <laughs> so um, communication became sort of the vehicle for me to be able to write and then also be marketable after school. Um, so I dropped that creative writing minor down um, or the creative writing aspect down to a minor and picked up um, communications, public relations as the major that I ended up graduating with. And from there, I just went straight out into the agency world. Um, I started out at a PR agency in Wauwatosa and then moved over to a sort of integrated PR and marketing communications agency in Madison, Wisconsin. And then, you know, worked in those jobs for a couple of years. And I was actually let go from the agency in Madison, just, you know, loss of accounts. And there were several people um, let go down that day. It was back in 2008. And um, then I started really kind of looking for something in marketing that was different than what I was doing before. And I interviewed for the CRM position. And I just thought it was such an interesting way of interacting with people on more of one-to-one individual level instead of just that spray and pray marketing that we had been doing both at the PR agency and the marketing agency. Um, and I thought this is how people really get results and show they can actually, you know, that their marketing is actually working. Mm-hmm. And so that's really, I think, what drove me to not just get into the job, but stay in the industry for so long. You know, you can put a billboard up anywhere, but there's no way to know if that billboard is bringing people in. Where with CRM, mm-hmm. it's the results are right there in front of you. That's a great story. I love that stray and pray. Mm -hmm. And in your position now, you get to write, so you also kind of get to scratch that itch too. So you still get to incorporate that into your career right now. So that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, one more spin. Give it a spin, Becky. Give it a good one. Here we go. All right. And there it is. Okay. (laughs) I love this question. If you had a weekend... (laughs) If you had a weekend to binge watch a hospital TV show, which would you choose out of these three? ER, Grey's Anatomy, classic, or Scrubs? It'd definitely be Grey's. I've been (laughs) on the Grey's train now for what fifteen years. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's never going off. I think it's actually its eleventh season, but yeah, I mean, I ER is a fantastic show, and I actually did watch every episode of that back in the day when it was on, but. but right now, it would definitely be great. It's a great question. Popular choice. Popular choice. That's for sure. Well, yeah. Becky, thank you oh, yeah. so much. I just love if Sandra some... Rhymes. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's um, she's amazing. Amazing. So mm-hmm. thank you again for joining me. I appreciate it. If someone wants to get a hold of you, how can they contact you? They can contact me on Twitter at Becky Goplin, um, or they can also email me um, becky.goplin at welltalk.com. All right, Becky. Thank you again. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. You got it, Becky, and thank you again. This is the Marketing Mouths Podcast brought to you by Dr. Podcasting. 
Reach new consumers through informative podcasts featuring your doctors and healthcare staff. Learn more at drpodcasting.com. I'm Bill Klaproth. Email me, bill at drpodcasting.com with guest and topic suggestions. You can also hook up with me on all the socials. And I leave you with one of my favorite marketing quotes from Larry Weber. People don't want to be sold. What people do want is news and information about the things they care about. Some of the things we are talking about today. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Mouse Podcast. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks again.